welcome to the Movie Quest, a podcast where three friends watch a film together, talk about it, take it apart, or put it back together again. Each episode is part of a season. This season is the listener season. So basically, our listeners have chosen a film. We've picked that film out of a hat and we've watched it together. This episode is Blown Away. June's pick. Thank you, June. So we've all watched Blown Away, right? We have, Not yes. blown... What did you say, Johnny, earlier on? Uh, uh, blown off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said blown out. It wasn't that one. Or blown, blown out. out. Yeah, okay. I, I, sh- I should have to think what that film would yeah. be. <laughs> mm. Hi. So I'm joined here by my, my co-host, Johnny. Hello. Anthony. Howdy. Do you know last week, Johnny, I was like, I said in the podcast, you said hello twice. You were like, hello. And then like Ant was saying something and then you went, hello. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, pretty funny. I was tempted to keep it in, but I, I edited it. I... Hello. Got to make sure, make sure the, the episode is nice and smooth. Yeah, got to make sure, yeah. Just in case I need that hello Top to quality. cut up and uh, use it later on. Mm. So we're going to start with our first segment. If you're a long-time listener, you'll know exactly what it is, and you'll be doing the theme tune in your head. You got your uh, thing this week, Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, two seconds. <laughs> what have we been watching? I feel like we should go into some sort of psychedelic trance yeah. now. To be fair, I see that was a long, that was a long. Did you redo? Did you redo? Yeah, like, got some lungs on you there, mate. Mm. It's trained musician. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, first of all, I just want to say I haven't seen you guys in a while. How you, how you guys doing? It's been a, it's been a few weeks since we last recorded. I've rearranged my bedroom. Nice. Important. Yeah. Um. I have sold unwanted things on ebay um i've mowed the lawn a lot <laughs> um i've sorted out my garage i found a bee's nest which i was saying about before in my uh compost bin very good very good that's, that's been that's been the highlight of today and yesterday wow. actually yeah. i mean coronavirus lockdown has taken to a new height for johnny yeah well i've suddenly become the the beekeeper Along this road, uh, unfortunately, not honeybees, according to my Wikipedia research this afternoon. Um, but yeah, I feel slightly responsible mm. um, for their welfare. <laughs> so yeah, like you've uh, you've got a child to, to look after the bee child, mm. the bees. Um, Aaron, I hear you've uh, you've been keeping yourself busy. Like a little busy bee. Uh, yeah, I have been. Yeah, um, I drove for the first time the other day. Drove for the first time in like a month and a bit. That was weird. I was thinking, oh, can I do this? I was more. I was more talking about uh, something you've you put out into the world. A baby you've produced. A baby I produced. I haven't produced a baby. There's no babies. Um, I have. I have. I released a song, a new song. So some of the listeners may know um, that Johnny and I uh, were in a band together at some point, best band ever, uh, called I Love Colour. Race for the Infinite. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I forgot. Uh, yeah, uh, old chestnut. Classic band. Were you not in uh, rehab? Were you in rehab for a bit? Uh, I was at the end of You're rehab. In the I was more of a fan, a fan that became a member. Fan of, yeah. Sounds about right, you guys being in rehab. Yeah, that's true. Re- rehabilitation or whatever. Um, no, yeah, we were in a... Okay, just going back, going back to rehab. Yeah. Basically, I was told by a friend of mine uh-huh. that you, you had a bassist in rehab. I'm not going to mention his name, but he had a particular condition where he had to wear gloves all the time because if he touched something, he would die. I was told that, and at the age of 14, I believed it. That is not true. <laughs> that's definitely not true who told you that Craig Palmer Craig Palmer told you that well Craig Palmer is a liar so uh, wow yeah. Craig Palmer if you're listening please email in yeah please clarify the information clarify that yeah we, we don't have a statement from Craig Palmer yeah. to, to back himself up um, anyway yeah I released a, I released a song called Siskiny 
which means sibling in Icelandic. It's a song under the mantle called No Hide. Just No Hide. Uh, if you do want to listen to it, you can just go on to like Apple Music or Spotify and just type No Hide Sistkini. But if you just type No Hide in, you'll, it'll come up. You'll see my face. Um, yeah, it's basically about youth. Um, cool. Mostly about my brother, I think. That's why it's called Sibling. Um, just about Jacob. I like little stories in and around that time. Um, it's weird. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But it's good, yeah. Um, I've been overwhelmed by the amount of people that have, like, messaged me or listened to it or, like, you know, out of the blue, just thought, you know, make a nice comment about it. Um, I think... It's basically just been like a bit of a project you've been setting yourself since lockdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've been right. I've been writing songs for this since last year, um, and I, I had always planned to release them, but I think it was going to be a lot longer. But lockdown has given me a unique opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, every cloud. Yep, has a silver lining. All that. Uh, so, shall we? Uh, shall we get on to the old? What have you been watching? And what have you been watching? Been watching. Uh, okay, so. I have been watching not much, to be honest, because I've been working busy. like a busy b- ridiculous amount of time. Uh, but uh, you know, all the overtime I've been putting into work, my uh, wonderful masters uh, decided to give us uh, a uh, a free movie night on the on the house. So they gave us a voucher for some takeout and an Amazon uh, video voucher. That's cool. So That's really cool. That's nice, me and Mel sat, sat down on Saturday night and we picked a film and we went with, uh, we, we usually will go, I'll usually go with something that we're both definitely going to enjoy. And I quite like a good rom-com and so, so does Mel. So we went with um, the film that I was excited about. It was, it was on my list, I think, last uh, in last year for the, for the new releases of this year. It was uh, Yesterday. So it was the the, the Danny... Boyle. Boyle, yeah, the Danny Boyle uh, rom com, yeah, well, Richard, Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle. So it came out last year. Uh, let me just read about it, let, let you know what it's about. Did you not watch that in the cinema? I thought you did. No, no, no. So I, 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 I mentioned it on our preview show mm-hmm. that we did where we were talking about all the films that are going to come out that next year and that we were excited about. And I mean, I love the Beatles, and it's obviously it's a rom com based around the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I never got a chance to go watch it at the cinema. I just want to, just never got had the chance to go. So I've been wanting to watch it for quite a while. And uh, yeah, I had the opportunity on Saturday. So I'll quickly read the synopsis. A struggling musician realizes he's the only person on earth who can remember the Beatles after waking up after in an alternative timeline where they never existed. But yeah, basically the premise you should find out on the trailer is he has a bike accident. And there's a power cut around the world, and then when he wakes up, he's in hospital, and then realizes that somehow no one, and no one else in the world rem- remembers who the Beatles are, and knows any of their songs. Um, and he's, it's so it's like it's a pretty fun premise, um, of like a what if sort of premise, which I quite like those sort of things, quite a simple, little like, yeah, little like. Uh, Acorn of sort of what's the word? A, a, a little like seed of an idea that kind of can develop into something quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the film is based around um, a guy called Jack Jack Malik, played by Himesh Patel, and uh, his manager is uh, Ellie Appleton, who's played by Lily James. She was in, she's famous. She's quite well known for being Dick Downton Abbey. She was in Cinderella. Um, she's been quite a few things um, the last couple of years and there's a bunch of other sort of you'd recognise them British actors around dotted around um, a lot of them TV actors and then also Ed Sheeran's in it quite for quite a bit um, he sort of he plays himself as a, as a cameo role but he's like he's a bit longer than just a cameo he's in, he's in quite a few scenes with him he actually, he's actually pretty good um, so yeah I mean I won't go into too much into depth of it because obviously I don't want to spoil anything, but I'd say it's a fairly well done 
rom-com. It's like, you know, it's from guy, the guy who made, is, well, it's from the writer, Richard Curtis, who did like Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, About Time. Um, yeah, all, all those sort of like fairly well-received British rom-com films. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's teamed up with, obviously, Danny Boyle, who's, you know, his filmography is really varied. Is, like he's just yeah. all kind of all over the place, which is quite cool actually. Um, supposedly, when when they were um, they worked together, Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle worked together on the 2012 opening, uh, 2012 Olympic opening ceremony. Oh, cool! And just mentioned, oh well, you know, if you ever come up with an idea, let me know. And then he sent, and then Richard Curtis sent him this this script he had for the for yesterday. But yeah, um, the music all the way through is like sung and recorded live on in the film so it's none of it's dubbed over it's really quite cool. cool one of the ways that the, the actor prepared for the role was they set up his bedroom in the film they set up set it up in london in like a studio or whatever and he spent three months every day going in practicing the songs getting into the mindset of this struggling musician which is quite cool i think it shows because it's he it does a good job did did they use the actual Beatles recordings or is it all like covers? It's all it's all him singing it. It's all him. And what's quite cool is like it's him a lot of the time it's him trying to remember the songs. So he's like trying to figure out the one that the one that's a through line throughout the whole film is he's trying to remember Eleanor Ribby, is that it? Um he's trying to re- remember that song and it's got quite a like if you listen, if you actually read the lyrics kind of like fairly fast paced and sort of all over the place. Uh yeah, so yeah, I mean I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's not like the best rom-com I've ever seen or anything, but if you like, a de- it's like a decent rom-com and if you really like the Beatles, it's definitely worth a watch because, I mean, like there's some really nice moments and really nice covers of the Beatles songs. What takeaway did you have? Oh, that is a good question. So, it was it was just Eat Voucher. So, and where we live, we're out in the sticks. We don't have many places that you know, we can get Just Eat with. So I I ordered something to pick up. I went to I went to a place called Yeah, I went to a place called uh Pan Asian Street Food, which is like a restaurant in town in in Huddersfield Town Centre. And it was just like a medley of like Korean, Chinese, Japanese food. So I had like these like Korean uh style like fried chicken and uh this like different ribs and stuff that was really nice it was like a usually when i get chinese you get like a fairly i don't know a fairly standard chinese takeaway but this was a bit more top you know a bit a little bit more higher class because company paid for yeah, it and all yeah. that so it's like yep definitely gonna spend more i'm gonna go for that sweet inside chicken or that lemon yeah, chicken. yeah yeah yeah, yeah very, british. very british let's have duck for for starters main and dessert <laughs> nice yeah how about you guys what do you guys watch uh, I've watched a couple of things. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just touch on them. So I watched Clockwork, Clockwork Orange again. I saw this. I saw, I saw this pop up on Instagram, Johnny. Yeah, I, I forgot how like violent and flipping like, Johnny, of course. Yeah, some um, might say ultra yeah, violent. Wait, yeah, did you watch violent. this with Sarah? No, no, no. Okay, no. good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sure most people have seen that. So watch that again. Um, yeah, it's pretty, still pretty. Did anything stand out from it? Yeah. Like when we went to the Kubrick exhibition, I think that, like this film in particular, stand like kind of relates more to that exhibition just because it's set in London yeah. and it's got a lot of London kind of themes yeah, to it's it. Really and, British. Um, we went on that day. We went to visit London. We went to the design festival and a lot of. I kind of like linked in with some of the scenes and stuff so yeah not for everyone but if you're into something a bit shocking then that might <laughs> yeah. be uh, really violent street. and extreme um, unnecessary um, and then the the other film well, I've watched a couple of those but the other film I was going to talk about was uh, Richard Jewell which is one of the ones Ooh. that came out at the I start watch this. of the year yeah, it's um, it kind of came out around Oscar season, and this is the Clint Eastwood directed film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a true story based on a security guard called Richard Jewell, who is kind of like, um, he tries so hard to be, um, this kind of policeman and security guard that he kind of puts himself 
like out of the position a lot of the time. So like he starts off as a security guard and he gets way too over the top and he like he acts as if he's like full weight of the law where mm. he's just like a security guard in a university and he's like a bit of a try hard and but he never really achieves to where he wants to get to. And basically the story revolves around him finding this bomb um at the Olympics which were held in America, I think it was in ninety six, and the bomb explodes, it it goes off. You know, he found it first and he was getting everyone away from the bomb and trying to like clear the area. And uh, the bomb explodes, a lot less people died than should have died, but he was sort of crowned like a national hero mm-hmm. uh for two days and then the focus then goes back on him saying that actually we think that you planted the bomb and the story just really focuses around how much how much of the story is how much of it is the like within that setup you just mentioned then how far into the film is that is that quite early on or is that like i'd say that probably happens within the first 30 minutes probably the first Um, act then yeah yeah so it's kind of the setup without kind of knowing that you trying to sell the film is kind of a little bit tricky but that's kind of the premise of the film and because he's this character and he's like the the fbi who's sort of the people who are going after him in this um treat him as like someone who's quite stupid and try and make him say things and admit to things uh that he shouldn't do um i quite enjoyed it i thought it was it was good i thought that maybe if it was done by somebody else it could have been done slightly better um mm. just because i feel like the story is like really good and really gripping but if it was just told in a slightly different way i think it would be a bit more engaging mm-hmm. um i think the score like if they put a better score in it would have helped the film a lot mm-hmm. but i still like recommend people to watch it um paul walter hauser plays richard jewell He's really, really good. Like it's really believable, and uh, Sam Rockwell plays his uh, solicitor. Oh, I love Sam Rockwell. Anything he's in, so, I watch. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, those two, oh. those two together. There, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of got a bit of action in it, and it kind of ends up being like a bit of a courtroom. Well, not courtroom, but like one of those sort of dramas, like legal, political yeah. battles to try and. Find who find out who uh, planted the bomb. So yeah, worth a watch. Give it, give it a go. Where, whereabouts did you watch that, Johnny? I think it's on Prime. Cool. Yeah, there's a few films on Prime that I need to get around to watching. But they want to watch uh, I Tonya. It's on there, but I'm just one of those things I haven't got around to watching yet. I can talk about that. That is that's the film. I've racked my brain for a film that I've just seen recently, and I was like, I don't know which one. And I Tonya is the film. <laughs> oh well. That was uh, surprisingly well choreographed. Uh, yes. I was going to talk about Upload, but I haven't finished oh, it. Oh, no. I haven't finished it yet. Wait, so upload, I don't want it. Upgrade. Upload. It's on Amazon Ooh. Prime. Mm. I, well, I'm not going to talk about that. Not this week, because I haven't finished it yet. I want to finish it first, and then and then I'll talk about it, because it is it's interesting. It's very interesting, and, and I think you should watch it. Cause it's How many episodes is it? Like 10, half an hour. Every episode. Okay, I could I can deal with that. You could do it maybe on a lunch break. So my my film that I've seen is I Tonya. So uh, <laughs> I can't believe that you've watched that. The, the premise is a competitive ice skater Tonya Harding. I don't know if you're American, you'll definitely know who Tonya Harding is, and if you're of a certain age, I think you'll also know. I didn't know who she was. Um, rises amongst the ranks of the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, but her future in the activity is thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes. It stars Margot Robbie, Sebastian Stan, Alison Janney, and loads, just loads, loads of cool people. It is funny. It's like a serious thing. It's, it's like a mockumentary kind of thing. So it's there's sort of it's a it's a real documentary that I think it or at least it's based off these interviews with the real people. So Tanya, yeah, it's based on the, it's like based on the true stories. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it follows the story of how Sonia became a figure skater and how she wasn't a figure skater. I don't know. Is it a spoiler to sort of talk about? Like, do you know what happens in I, it? I know. I I know absolutely nothing. Okay, about. then I, I won't it's I about, spoil it. it. Around the figure spoil skater. It. I'd say it's very tongue in cheek. It's obviously what happened in real life is sort of exaggerated in the film. 
a little bit because <clears throat> a lot of it's true after reading about it but i think the characters are really funny um i think like margot robbie does an absolutely phenomenal job of playing um tonya uh, and the husband as well he is like standout i think it's shot really well the soundtrack is really like so almost like a juxtaposition so it makes you feel a certain way even though the films make you feel this way even though the films sort of going this way and it's it's pretty cool and I just think it's a yeah, it's really good. So, so the film is directed by a guy called Craig Gillespie. Gillespie, yeah, Craig Gillespie. Yeah. So, I haven't really heard of him before. But the only thing I've I've noticed, just going back through his catalogue, he did Lars and the Real Girl, which is also a top film. Yeah, it's good, but it's also kind of like that. It's I think it's, it seems like he does this where he has a kind of a serious film-ish yeah where but then he also has quite a lot of bit quite a bit of humor in it because definitely a lot of hu- humor humorous moments in lads and the real girl um at least i'm excited to watch this i'm definitely gonna try and get around to watching this if i can good film recommend it and i think you'll enjoy it and the only other thing really is that i've i know it may get picked out of the hat but i've watched all three high school musicals now nice yeah um, yeah, because of Disney Plus, basically. Yeah, because Disney Plus, and because we started the first one, like you might as well finish the trilogy. Um, yeah. I won't express we, my opinions. Yeah, we'll have to wait. Yeah, have to wait to hear. Yeah, and then if it doesn't out. get talked about, um, I I will I I will I will talk about it at a later date. Cool. The the, the just just on on that. I just I wasn't going to mention this. Well, actually, I forgot I'd even watched it. But um, Mel, because we got Disney Plus as well, Mel put on a film of the night that we should, should watched for the first time called The Princess Diaries. Have you guys ever seen <sighs> this? Yes, Heather told yeah, me. Yeah, seen it. Heather, Mel, I feel, the girls have spoke. Yeah, I feel like if I didn't mention this, Mel would be upset at me. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it for very long because I'm sure people who have watched The Princess Diaries already know what they think about it. And people who haven't probably don't really care that much what my opinion is but um basically uh, yeah it's good really good disney disney film like it's a kind of fun it's a fun like sort of teenage disney film premises girl discovers her dad was a a prince and died and now she's in she is uh we're gonna gonna be in the she's next in the throne and becomes a princess basically set in like 90s America with some very f- with some famous um, like young actors in there, which was quite Anne fun. Hathaway. Yeah. Yes, yes, she's the main lead. Anyway, I was talking about too much. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Had a pretty great like nineties teenage soundtrack, and uh, yeah, definitely recommend if you really really want to watch something really like light hearted and fun with no nothing really going on like in terms of like seriousness or whatever it's just yeah but you're like because you've watched it and you've said it good i'm now gonna have to watch it so cheers like it, like like you'll probably not be you'll probably yeah be upset with me aaron but like it's like if you go into it knowing what it is I'm, it's basically like a kid's like, teenage sort of film if i can walk you, away from it. like watching high school musical saying like that was pretty exactly. great like i can walk away from princess diary saying that was pretty good so yeah i liked it it was good like sort of in the, hours. it sort of feels a little bit like a Gilmore Girls episode as well in some some parts. Oh no, then I don't think I would like it. I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't jowl with Gilmore Girls. So before we get on to blown away, uh, we have a complaint. Oh yeah. Um, well. Yeah. So Mel, who we've just been speaking to my aunt's wife, has messaged me personally. I didn't message her back, and I need to. Um, I read it and was like, right, okay, I need to mention that on the podcast, but you know, didn't tell the person that I registered that I'd, you know, said that. But that's, that's common. I always do that all the time. Uh, okay, so... Mel- Wait, Aaron, you don't always reply to a message. Mm, really? This is shocking to me. I am me. bad at it. Doesn't mean I don't love people, though. Like, when I don't message you too. You should see my message chain between me and Aaron. It's, it's just like... It looks like almost like I'm a stalker or something. Yeah. It's like... like for every five messages, I get one response. I have a problem. And it's usually like a couple of words answer. I'm just like... Just keeping me needy. Aaron. Do you know what you need to do? Just ask me a destiny-related question because I feel the need to answer it. It's like, oh, there's a destiny problem. I'll fix it. Anyway, Mel. Oh, hey. I have a complaint for the movie quest. More, Well, more specifically, Ant. He claimed all the credit for choosing Captain Phillips. But the reality is that he 
had a list of other films and I asked for Captain Phillips. So he should give me the credit for the film and that I should have won. So Mel... Though my argument for Ant is that Ant is your representative on here. Exactly. Also... Yeah, your puppet. It was, it was more that when, when, we, when we were doing our little, like, discussion, we'll call it, on yeah. the, the, last, the end of the uh, last season, and I was arguing for that film... I was like saying, like the reason why I picked this film was because this, that, and the other, and like all I have to say to Mel is, I just you know you got to do what you got to do to win, haven't you? So I mean, I'm not going to say I picked it because my wife told me to. Yeah, no one should hold those final episodes as like <laughs> actual opinions about films. Yeah, we all know Johnny doesn't actually like a girl. No. <laughs> well, hang on. There, there is a film that I watched, which I haven't mentioned, actually. I, I watched uh, the Werner Herzog documentary. Okay, yeah. Uh, just because that's how moved I was by Aguirre, Wrath of God. I watched the Werner Herzog documentary on the burden of dreams. Nice. Well, I watched Mandalorian, and he's in that, and he was good. So that's how moved I was by Aguirre. Jo- Johnny, Johnny, don't keep bringing this up, mate. The, the, the argument is over. We've done. We've finished, finished it. But... <laughs> I'll just add this, like, <laughs> like if if I hadn't have chosen Waterworld, because I do feel impartial in part that was a slight mistake. It's a downfall. I feel I would have swapped that out for Hunt for Red October, because I came across that the other day and I was like, I mean, I'm not going to put you through Das Boot because it's four hours. Oh, I, I like, but das like, Boot, yeah, Das Boot is good, but who's got four hours? Like back then oh, no. we weren't like in lockdown, so like Hunt for Red October would have like probably. To be fair, Rafa God felt like it was for us. Mm, yeah, it did, it did really dragged. That was <laughs> difficult. So cruel. Difficult watch. Well, Johnny, next time we do our water-related films, maybe we'll yeah, have, next water season. We'll have to do like Russian-related. Is it? Ru- I think it's Russian, isn't it? Red October. Uh, film films where Russians are the baddies we yeah. could do. Yeah, could do that. Gold and I. Most James Bonds. <laughs> I'd like that. Let's just say that no one was blown away by Geary. Speaking of blown away, that's our film choice this week. Good segue there, Aaron. That was, yeah, well thanks. You can tell you're like a pro podcaster. I, I try to be a pro. Um, one of our listeners, June, messaged in and said... So June said, uh, my, movie session, my movie suggestion is blown away. It is a gritty film with a fabulous scene with Tommy Lee Jones dancing to U2. I love the soundtrack so much, I went out to, to order it at a record store in the days when that was the only option. Still loves the soundtrack 26 years later. So let's find out. Did the Movie Quest podcast find it gritty? Did they enjoy the soundtrack? And was that dance good enough to be our choice for the best film this season? Segway. Boom. Transition. (laughs) And tell us about Blown Away. Blown Away is a 1994 thriller. Blown Away tells the story of... Dove, Jimmy Dove, who works for the Boston Bomb Squad. Shortly after Dove leaves the force, his partner is killed by a bomb that Dove thinks he might have been made by someone he knows. It was directed by Stephen Hopkins, uh, written by Joe Batir, and uh, other films that came out in 1994 are as follows. Forrest Gump, The Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Leon, Lion King, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Little Women, that came out that year, and, oh, True Lies, kind of a classic. Right, so June said that she felt that it was lost. I can see why it was lost on a year like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard this film at all 
I mean, it's, but I feel like there's so many of these sorts of like 90s action films that it kind of, I feel like it probably did get lost in the, in the mix with those. Uh, but yeah, I'd never heard this film before. You guys heard about it. No, um, no. But it's got quite a big cast, like a quite a famous cast. I mean, I'll just go through the cast in case people haven't listened. So the, the Jimmy Dove is played by Jeff Bridges. He's like the main, the main, our main hero. Then you've got Tommy Lee Jones, who plays Ryan Gaiety. He's the antagonist. So Jeff Bridges' wife, Susie Amos, and then his uncle. I think it's his uncle. Is a guy called Lloyd Bridges, who you recognise. He's he's like yeah. an old older guy yeah. who is uh, always in. He was in loads of the Naked Guns, Naked Guns, Hot Shots. Yeah, he was in uh, Airplane. So he's just a lot more comedic roles than. Uh, but obviously, he can do some serious ones as well. But it was kind of an odd seeing him in this because he's such a comedic actor. And then also on top of that, we got Forrest Whitaker as yeah. the, the younger, up, upcoming hotshot bomb disposal guy. Uh, and it, it basically centers mostly around the bomb, the bomb squad, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Bridges is trying to trying to figure out who this who this guy is is, is targeting them. Put the start of the film on, and um, film starts in this this prison. Mm-hmm. And I was um, I was trying to work out if I had it in the right language. Oh yeah, because I I was because it I, and I was also thinking, have I got the right film here? Because you know that has happened in the past. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You do. There's something you need to worry about it. Because I I was like I I you know googled it and he's like oh it's all set in a city and it's all you know it's like it's bomb disposal and then and I was like. This looks like it's in a castle, <laughs> and like they're speaking German by the sounds <laughs> of it. <laughs> and I was like, and then it, you know things started to progress, and basically they're they're in a prison, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones is trying to escape. And I thought that first like five ten minutes was was awesome. Like basically Tommy Lee Jones is like some crazy deranged bomber and he manages to like make some bomb that will blow the wall of this prison out by using a toilet and what was what was the liquid that you had what was that liquid ah, i mean was it fuel Thermite. or something or... diesel yeah so, probably yeah. i mean yeah. you know it's like there's some of the things he makes bombs from in this you just think like what? Right. johnny in the opening scene i'm pretty sure it says it says the yeah, location. It absolutely says Ireland. does say. I yeah, missed that bit. I obviously location, did a yeah. very long blink. I think, jo- uh, Johnny, Johnny was too busy having his tea. Yeah. Was... Oh, it's getting comfy. Probably plumping the cushions. <laughs> I think um, Yeah, but you know it, that 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 opening scene I thought was particularly good. Like it felt like almost like it felt almost like a, a fantastic, almost like a fantasy film or something. Like it felt really stylized like it was almost like the prisoner of azkaban sort of like sort of feel i don't know like it was so you know what i mean it was so like over the top with like the lightning strikes and like and just <laughs> yeah, like they were setting that scene like the wind and the howling and all and all the yeah yeah had to like kill the the other guy to yeah. use him as a shield for when the bomb went off i was like what that was a bit much this guy's insane <laughs> gone you know why not try and escape with you? Why not use one of the beds yeah, as yeah, a shield? Yeah. I was, I mean, hey ho, it was pretty. It was a pretty exciting intro to the film, though, don't you think? Like, I think, yeah, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I, good. Obviously, you, you got to take stuff like that with a pinch of salt. But I was like, oh, here we go. You don't, you don't really get intros like no. that. That's kind of like a James Bond type thing, where before the credits, you'll have some like, like big play, like some mega action thing that happens. To be fair, this guy, Ryan Gaiety, the, the the main bad guy, is played by Tommy Lee Jones. He is straight out of like a James Bond villain. He's like a James mm. Bond villain out of one of those films. Like he's so he's really larger than life, which is kind of quite fun to watch. I feel like they they like double down on like well, Irish people are really cheery and like chirpy and weird. <laughs> so like let's just like times that by a thousand. And then turn him into like a psycho. I mean, I I watched uh, the drop recently, and that's set in Boston as well. It's got uh, what's the chap from Inception and called uh, Bane in Batman. Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy, uh, and oh, like... is the drop the one with the guy from The Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I watched that fairly recently. And that Boston Irish accent is crazy. It's so strong. But it's its own thing, isn't it? It's not really that... I feel like it's, it's changed from being Irish. It's like got its own weirdness. Yeah, it's like kind of over-exaggerated. I don't know if that's like a Boston Irish accent where it's kind of like it's become it yeah like what you're saying like it's become its own thing because like obviously i can not say i can listen to Aaron and i can understand him like yeah <laughs> but it's like it's kind of gone a step further than than that and it's okay so i'm i am no expert on the irish slash northern irish accent i am from there so you should. You're more an expert than me and John. Okay, yeah. This is okay. Well, I'm an yeah, expert yeah. on the accent because all of my family are, are Northern Irish. <laughs> uh, they give up halfway through that film. Like, Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones gives up halfway through that film, and I. <laughs> what does he do? He's only almost like a Danish or something. I don't know, like Russian at some points. It was uh, hilarious. But, I mean, that's why I was like thinking this in this film in German. Well, to be, to be fair though, of... the, the intro was Gaelic, wasn't it? Yeah, they were speaking, speaking Gaelic. Gaelic yeah. yeah, they were speaking Gaelic, and 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 I no, but I'm like, look, this isn't a criticism. I promise you, I loved it. I was like, he is struggling, and then at some point, he's turned around to like the director, mother. Like, I can't do it. It's too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be weird if I just like fizzed it into a different accent? Nah, go for it, Tommy. It's cool. Like, I mean, you're not going to tell Tommy Lee Jones, are you? No, no. you're not. Definitely. I mean, not. the thing is, what I don't understand is, like, it turns. I mean, spoilers for anyone. So obviously, we want, so we're going to discuss it in detail. But uh, Jeff Bridges, who plays Jimmy Dove, turns out partly for the film, you find out that he was from Ireland. Oh, I don't even. But he's got like not got one hint of an Irish yeah, accent he, at all. He grew up in Belfast in Northern Ireland, and he moved over in his twenties. And I was like, well, I moved over when I was thirteen, and I still have an accent. So uh, wait a second. But, you know, different people are different. But, okay, so we're going to talk about accents. We might as well get into it. How about uh, Max O'Bannon, Max O'Bannon, the, uh, the uncle? <laughs> what was his accent about? It was what? so good. That was like, that was almost like someone, so someone had, he, he, got, he had never listened to an Irish accent in his life. Yeah. He just asked someone else, what does an Irish accent sound yeah, like? And they great. described it and they were like, he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can do that. Kind of. And then it's the fact, you know, when like Tommy Lee Jones and him are in the same bar and they're having a conversation together, it is like the funniest thing because they're both really, really trying to get it right. And no one has a clue. I bet, I bet all the other Irish like extras in that bar were just thinking, well, who are these guys? <laughs> it's like Tommy Lee Jones is from Texas. Yeah. And I just feel like that feels like it's so far away from like the accent that he's trying to trying to portray it's just was Liam Neeson crazy. not available was he too young I'm not saying it was a bad thing I'm just saying like it's kind of funny to watch and it was like it was, it was enjoyable you don't again like you don't get that in films also there's not an Irishman from the 80s who doesn't know who you two are like I'm sorry there's no <laughs> way have you ever heard of you two no never oh come on come on You've... I, I did like that though I liked how they brought that into the, it, that, that scene that Jim was talking about I like how they brought the, yeah. the song in because I, I, I bet it was sort of like we want to get the rights to the U2 song but you two are like no, we want to make we want to make sure that like we're a big feature of the film, or maybe they got sold on that. We're going to put you in the film, and then they like literally call them out by name, and he literally was listening to the song as he's dancing around his his little boat. Yeah, it was it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun. It was quite fun. I, I enjoyed that. I I yeah, I really liked. Like I think his character was pretty funny. Um, I know I, maybe he wasn't supposed to be, and maybe that's just like. Nah, I think he was. Like my yeah, I think. Like, even when, you know, when he, they killed the uncle, like, that whole setup when he was, like, sat on the merry-go-round. I don't know, all the way, like, he was doing a sort of bombs and stuff were all very, like, creative. And So so did it, did it, did this film remind you of any of the films? Like, can you think of any films that, like, sort of feel similar? Because I got Die Hard 2. Yeah, I got Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 is but Die Hard 2. Did, Die Hard 2 did more with the sort of bomb setups and stuff. Like, because remember Die Hard 2, like, it was every, every time you got to a new bomb... You had to try and figure out how to diffuse it, but it was like yeah. a big, like elaborate thing. I mean, this was more, I guess, trying to be more realistic um, with like sort of how they would actually dispose, you know, dispose of the bombs. But I mean, there was one one scene in particular where you know where like Tommy Lee Jones's character breaks into Jeff Bridges's house, and then he like rushes home, and then there's like that suspense scene where like they're turning on all the stuff, and it's like. 
you know, like, oh, is it going to blow up? Oh, blow yeah. Up? I thought it was like, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I thought it was, I was pretty decent. I'm going to be honest, that felt like I was watching Final Destination. Oh, yeah. But like, I actually quite enjoyed all the super close-up shots you're yeah. doing. Cool. quite cool I was like how have we done cool. that like back then as well like, it would been really difficult to do should we talk about Jeff Bridges yeah. for a sec because that's yeah he's like, also great he's also quite over the top in some parts but then I don't know like it was a, kind of an interest it was like sometimes he was super over the top sometimes like, I, I could never really read what he was going to do next like what the character was like I don't know he was tortured by that previous trauma that I I didn't really understand it. some something where him and uh, Tommy Lee Jones has had some kind of previous kind of bust up in some war zone somewhere, and that seemed to keep coming back like as like a shell shock. Kind don't, of reminder, I don't think they but... ever really. They, I feel like that that should have been a bigger part of the film. They never really explained it that well. Like that should have maybe been the intro. This is what sort of took me from like I was quite enjoying the film, but it. I think because it's close, so, so close to home, right? It's to do with the troubles. It's to do with like stuff that I've grown up with. I wish he wasn't born into when it was the worst, but I've lived in it. And like the way they sort of were trying to talk about it, like the troubles back in Northern Ireland and how that related to the characters, they just did, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I just think they did a really bad job of like t- talking about a subject matter that was probably quite big in America though in those days, and it, it's just like if you're gonna talk about something so important to a group of people in the world, i.e., my people, I just think you got to do it justice. And but the thing is, the problem with that, Aaron, is if you actually went back and tried to do a d- decent job of explaining it. I don't think the characters would 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 fit with that world because it's no so no no real. I don't. You can't imagine this guy running around in like in like a, a, a film about the, the troubles. Like it, I don't know, it just would seem sort of ridiculous. I mean, the film did try and like sort of distance him from that. Like they were talking about a bit where they were saying like you know you were just too crazy for like what yeah, was going yeah. on in those days, and you were just like a bit manic. And I was like, you know, it is good that they were trying to like get rid of it, but I was like, well, yeah, but just don't like maybe write something that's not. So do something else. <laughs> well, it's because you thought we're gonna get Tommy Lee Jones. He's got a great Irish accent. We're gonna go with the Irish. <laughs> Have you heard his Irish accent? <laughs> it's so good. Were you not offended? I, I thought you were gonna be really offended by that. Again, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to sound like we're bashing the film loads because I did actually really enjoy watching it, but just the accent side of it. It's funny. I'm sure the amount of Irish accents I've heard in films, more times than not, it's always a bad. It's terrible. terrible people can't do them. Of it. Like people can't do them. Like the Southern Irish accent is is a, I would in my opinion, I think it's a little bit easier to do than Northern Irish because Northern Irish is pretty tough. Um, but. You know, maybe when I was like younger, I'd be like really annoyed that yeah, someone yeah. couldn't do it. But now I just find it funny because it's just, it's hilarious. Because it's the same when people do British accents, they always go, oh, yeah, oh yeah. hello. And it's like, no one in Britain talks like that anymore. Like, like or like English accent, sorry. Like, or when someone tries to do a Welsh accent. I just think we, as a nation, as a whole, we have quite tough accents. How much did it cost? Because there was like a ton of explosions yeah. in this film, like... Yeah, like it must have cost an absolute like ton of money. What was your favorite explosion? Uh the I mean, I really, I did really enjoy the boat one. Yeah, the boat one was great just because the amount of time, like the amount, they must have like that must have cost a lot of money to do that. So they got so many camera angles, and they just kept on doing that that amazing trope of like them jumping and then cuts to another shot and then jumping again, cuts to another shot, jumping again. And the same explosion not going off and over and over and over again, just so they can stretch it out. Just just so be like, yeah, this is an epic explosion. That that was good. I enjoyed that. Uh as I say the probably the most well, it's not particularly well, maybe called gritty, but the bit where um Tommy Lee Jones is on the beach with Oh yeah, that was um, intense. Uh with the guy's daughter yeah. like fixing the kite. I was like, flip, this guy's gonna go full psycho. And like kidnap this girl or something like that, but he doesn't. It kind of feel like that could have brought an actual 
real level of tension into the film. Not because I just want to see someone kidnapped for mm-hmm. the sake of it, but I feel like that would add that level of tension which the film maybe would have needed to kind of make, like add some stakes onto yeah. what's going on, whereas kind of didn't really have that. Like, there was going to be a bomb go off, but it would have been more interesting, I think, if there was something that they had to like retrieve from... Um, from Tommy Lee Jones. So did I mean I don't know. Are you guys U two fans? I actually have no idea if you guys like U two. You've never really expressed your opinion. I have a, a slight. Okay, so you remember when um, probably about six or seven years ago, Apple used to do this thing oh, where yes. every day leading up to Christmas. So basically, like you had these like. 20 days of Christmas or whatever and then I think it was on Christmas Day you got this free U2 song okay that was fine but it's still on my phone I'm on iPhone 9 now and like basically like if for some reason my phone starts playing a song it plays that U2 song (laughs) that was the free song (laughs) and this is like I don't know how to get it. I'm not. I'm not good with Apple stuff or any. Well, I mean, I'm all right, but not that good. I just can't get it off. I can't get it off my phone. And I've had I've had four iPhones and it's still on it. <laughs> I could probably show and you. And I don't know how it. to get it off. I didn't put it on there. It's still on there. Love it. Like that's okay. I thought you were gonna get annoyed. Just remember that that time when they, it was like a whole album or something that everyone got yeah. given, and everyone was like, "Dark, oh, can't believe you give me this free album." It's like, well, you don't have to listen to it. You don't, have to, you don't have to listen to it. It's fine. Like, you own an Apple product, they've got a deal. It's fine. I, I'll be honest, you 2 are one of those bands that I've never really sat down and listened to. I just know the songs because they've been played. I know, like, of the songs because, you know, they're fairly popular and are played in tra- soundtracks and TV shows and whatever. So, yeah, I've never really uh, never really got... How about you, Aaron? You, you must have a lot of history with this, with this band. Uh, I've seen them live. Um, they are one of my dad's favourite bands. I would say, I would argue that Joshua Tree is probably one of the best British, well, it's not British, it's Irish. Um, it's, it's, it's a very, very good, it's, it's not in my top 10 because of, of just, just a lot of music, but I love the Joshua Tree. I think it's an absolutely phenomenal album. How many, how many U2 songs are in this film? Four. Really? Oh, I, I, th- I thought it was just the one. I no, recognised the one. Four, four or five. They're whipping out all the classics. Um, all of, I think they were all from Joshua Tree. I could be wrong. It might be from Rattle and Hum. I I love you too. Um, like they're nostalgic. You know, they're nostalgic for me. And and I, I mean, the, the more more recent stuff isn't great. Like I mean, I guess they did 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 use them pretty. Yeah, well, they used them pretty, pretty well. That whole scene. I mean, you don't often get a scene where the main, one of the main characters of a film dances to a to the sound, song of the soundtrack. June is uh, my wife's mum. Mel, growing up, had has listened to this sound soundtrack like thousands of times nice. because Mel's mum would apparently uh, on a Sunday get up early on a Sunday. I think it was Sunday, maybe a Saturday, and uh, blast blast this music, this whole this this soundtrack, while she was like cleaning the house or whatever. So apparently, Mel used to wake up to it and hear it all the time. And she's like, she'd never watched the film before, so she was watching this and she'd be like, oh yeah, that's that sound, that's that track I've got. Yeah, that's the track I was listening to before. Yeah, so um, that, yeah, that's about all. That I, must have like a nice, weird, nostalgic feel to it. I yeah, guess. yeah. She was saying like it just reminds her of childhood and stuff. Like this, 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 the soundtrack, which is weird because to me it doesn't remind me of anything. I'm just like okay, but it's yeah, obviously. Mel, we're in agreement. Like you two reminds me of like being young and like being in my parents' car driving around Belfast. And then as I got older, like I think, like because my dad was a big U two fan, like. And I was into them, like we would ha- we would talk about that. And then there's like a podcast called Are You Talking You Two to Me that I listened through where they break down the albums. It's like two comedians. Um and that again re-solidified my solidified my love for um you two. Like I just they're a great band. In my opinion. I can understand why people are into it. Uh, well thank you very much, June, for your wonderful pick, Blown Away. We really appreciate that you wrote in and um I've chosen that for us. So last time we had High School Musical, Chocola, Little Italy, No Way Out, About Time, Fern Gully, The Other One Stitch, and The Help. This time... We had some other suggestions in the last 
week. What else is going into the mix? So, else? Uh, June, because her, her film got picked, has entered another film into the list. This film is called The Horse Whisperer. She says, want to see Scarlett Johansson as a child actor? What about the talented Kristen Scott Thomas? Then to top it all, the gorgeous Robert Redford. Gorgeous scenery and a wide music score to reflect the mountains. Romance, of course. Then read the book, The Horse Whisperer by Nicholas Evans for the full story. So that's the first one we've got there. I don't, I don't fancy having to do homework, having to read the book after the film. <laughs> Elijah Megson messaged in and said, can we choose Mean Girls? A campy explosive satire on high school culture. I've never seen that film. It's always been on my list of something Ooh. I wanted to watch. What's your problem? What's your problem? <laughs> what? Why have you not seen Mean <laughs> Girls? Sorry, I just haven't seen it. Wait, I, are, you, <laughs> are you passionate about Mean Girls, Johnny? Mean Girls is class. Oh my goodness. It's such a good film. It is a, it's a top film, yeah. It's a top film. Right, Johnny, do you have a suggestion? Um... No, don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, okay. we've got we've got two, but we'll do it. You, I'll, you, I'll you, go. I'll, I'll go. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can put one in. I say, Sarah, Sarah said she really wanted to watch uh, No Country for Old yeah, Men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next film is by Stuart. Uh, it is Priscilla, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Outstanding performances by Terence Stamp, Hugo Weaving, and Guy Pearce, which launched his movie career. When I saw this film in Toronto in 1994, it gave me hope, made me laugh and cry, and redefined masculinity. Enjoy. I've never seen that film. I also didn't realise it was a film. I thought it was a um, musical, because I remember they they made a musical of it, didn't they? I've never seen it advertised. But I'd uh, I'd never seen it. Sarah Tufnell messaged in, saying, Legally Blonde, because I want to know their thoughts. Mainly on Elle's laptop. Uh, I've not seen that, and I feel that that's quite hypocritical after my comments towards Ant on Mean Girls. But I'd be well up for watching it. That is a good. It's a good film. It's really good. I lo- I, lo- I actually really like Lily Bunch. Thank you very much, Sarah. Okay, next from Daniel. Uh, he wrote in with a few suggestions, and then I had to tell him. Naughty, naughty. And I said, no, only the one, please, Dan. Only one, only one suggestion. So, um, uh, Fighting With My Family. Ooh, I want to see this. I've seen that, yeah. I used to like wrestling, but it has, it has a very silly over-the-top image, and it's interesting to tell a story of the serious side. There are great character arts in the film, and it reminded me of us watching wrestling in the pub. So this is my this is my, uh, my brother, Dan. And we used to, yeah, we, we used to, we grew up watching the old WWF at the time on the on the TV on a Friday and Saturday night, bit of Friday night raw, very good. Anyway, yeah, so I, I, again, this is another film that's been on my list, uh, on my backlog of wanting to watch. So I'm happy to add it to the list. I'm hope, hope hopefully we get to watch this. It stars uh, Florence Pugh, Johnny, who's the uh, the girl from Mid Midsummer. Oh right, oh, I didn't realise it was her. A listener, well, it's not even a listener. It's, I know it's just one of Heather's workmates. Kyle uh, has asked us to watch Parasite. Oh, there's no, there's no, um, <laughs> there's no explanation. He's he just put Parasite. So that would be quite difficult considering it's not out yet. I think it comes out on the first of June. I think if it's not out yet, we should probably hold hold fire because I mean, you know we don't. That would we don't be kind of things illegally here. That so. would be kind of difficult though, because I feel like it's going to knock out any film that comes into contact with it. Uh, we've all we've all watched that, haven't we? We've all watched that recently. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably am going to buy it when it comes out. On um, I think it's the first of June it comes out. Um, I have another one from a certain Liam that we all know. He's asked us to watch Cynic Doki New York. No. <laughs> um, because, I won't be watching that <laughs> uh, because of that reaction because <sighs> and, and I and Liam have all watched it together <laughs> and afterwards I don't remember it wait is this Liam's suggestion is this Liam's suggestion Liam you're yeah. a bad man you're a bad bad man <laughs> uh, and safe to say hated it I think you walked off afterwards because you didn't want to talk about 
I, I can't remember what happened. Did you just get up and leave? I think I yeah, left like Matt. halfway through the film or oh, something. Yeah, I could Matt not watching it. I could not do it anymore. It was, it, was a good, it was a good time. I enjoyed that. That made me laugh. Uh, so he's chosen that. I'm pretty sure oh, it's just a troll. Hang on, sorry, I got another one. But yeah. did he did he say why, or did he just 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 chose it? To, to, because he he wants you to watch it again. He wants to force oh, you to watch thank it. You, it's thank you, Liam. <laughs> You're a good I, friend. I had that on DVD, but I traded it in. Uh, I loved it. I still listen to the soundtrack. Okay, I've got another film. Uh, this is uh, from Lisa. She says, uh, "Hi guys, Crash." Ooh. Sandra Bullock stars along with other lots of other famous people. <laughs> Which is if that, that's not a reason to watch it, then I don't know what, what is. But thank you, Lisa. Uh that will go to onto the list. Have you guys Is that similar to like Stomp? No. No, not <laughs> no. at all. Have you never seen Crash? There was two films called Crash that came out. I thought it was called Trash. No. Or did you Crash. say Crash? Crash. Oh Crash. Oh yeah, I like that film. Yeah. Uh, there's I'd there's two that. films of that. There's um the 2004 one, which is got Sandra Bullock in it, and then there's another one that came out. It's 996. But yeah, the one that Lisa's on about is the one with the timelines, I think. Good. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. So we've had one more, and our last, our last one to add to the list. We've got a big list now. Hi to the second best film podcast in the UK. How Keep rude. up the entertaining work. So many films that I could choose. Thought of one. Uh, flew over the cuckoo's nest but at some point you will do the best films ever and that's probably on your list so came down to two options planes trains and automobiles top film best comedy road movie ever or american werewolf in london i am suggesting the latter i love horror movies he does love horror movies this is this is from my dad by the way but i was gonna say that at the end um i love horror movies having grown Watching the really old like Draculas and Frankenstein films and the Hammer movies. This movie was groundbreaking at the time with special effects that were used, especially in the transformation scenes, and they still hold up today. That's in your opinion, Dad. What makes it even more entertaining is that it's a comedy, it's really funny, and few movies can mix genuine horror and comedy together. A young Jenny Agutter, personal favourite of mine at the time, is in it. Now transformed to head nun in Call the Midwife, slightly different roles. A companion piece to this is the epic video of Michael Jackson's thriller as the same director, John Landis, did both changed MTV and music videos forever. If you do read this out, can you say hello to Jason Isaac's Oops Wrong Show? You guys need to ca- you need some catchphrases. Regards, North by Northwest, I'm... a.k.a. my dad. <laughs> Don't know what that catchphrase means. I'm not going to acknowledge that there's another film podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> We are the only. I do one. like. I really do enjoy the North by Northwest dig at the end. He's we've we've talked to, not all the time, but we've talked about it a few times. Sorry, I missed that. What what was the dig? Uh, he signed off. He signed the email off. Send North by Northwest. Oh right. Yeah, okay. So okay, cool. American Wolf in London. I'm. Uh, I'd love to watch that again. I watched that as a. I think as like a teenage young teenager. Yeah, I watched it. And, uh, yeah, my dad liked it. I watched it. He does really like, I would say that this is one thing about my dad. Like he does, he's funny with like TV programs and stuff. Cause he doesn't quite get, sometimes he doesn't quite get what's going on whenever it comes to like, you know, like the story and stuff. But when it comes to horror films, he's like on point. He <laughs> always knows. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. Anyway, let's choose the film. So that's uh, 18 choices right there. Wow. That is a, that is a, that is a good list. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Our custom-made movie quest film picker. Yeah. Let's find out. Three, oh. two, one. <sighs> no. <laughs> yes! Yeah! Is it yes? Yes, yes, yes. Literally. literally. Oh, I'm really <laughs> excited. Literally. Oh, Lewis. A young couple must navigate a blossoming romance amidst the war between their families competing pizza restaurants. (laughs) Oh, God. That sounds so good. (laughs) With Hayden Christensen, the guy who played Anakin Skywalker. Yippee! It wasn't that good that did that. Thank you, Lewis. If you want to email us, you can email us at podcast at themoviequest.com. 
if you would like to message us on Instagram, you can message us at the movie quest. You can message us on Twitter, um, Instagram. Please follow us. Um, we would love to hear your feedback. Feedback is always welcome. Leave us a review as well on iTunes if you get around to it. That'd be great. So that <laughs> concludes this episode of the movie quest. I just want to thank everyone for their entries. Thank June for blown away. We really appreciate you guys listening. And also we hope that you stay safe. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Cheerio. Cheers, Lewis.